This morning's scripture reading comes from two passages. Uh, The first is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And the second one is from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. So go ahead and turn with me, first of all, to Matthew chapter 2. If you want to follow along in the Blue Pew Bibles in front of you, you can turn to page 807. 807. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Hear now this morning's reading of God's holy and inerrant word. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now Revelation 7 Verses 9 through 10. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the word of the Lord. The church, you are in for a treat this morning. Our guest preacher was a testimony speaker and workshop teacher at CMC South this past week. Uh, and his testimony of how God used his family along with two other families to bring the gospel and to plant a church among an unreached, unengaged people group on a a volcanic island in Papua New Guinea is just mind-blowing. And I I don't want to steal the thunder. He's going to be talking all about that. But um, I'm just so, it was such a blessing to all of the participants. And I'm so glad that he's here to be able to share the same Uh, story and same message. Uh, Wayne Chen currently serves with Radius International. Radius is a ministry based out of Tijuana, Mexico that focuses on training cross-cultural missionaries uh, to replicate some of the amazing things that you're going to hear about in Wayne's experience in Papua New Guinea. He is currently the director of Radius Asia and he is aiming to launch their first training center in Taiwan sometime uh, in this new year. He lives there with his wife, Gail, and their two daughters, and they've joined us this morning. They were here again uh, for CMC, and so let's just give a great, warm HCC welcome to Wayne Chen. All right, good morning, uh, HCC family. Am I coming through? Okay. Um, Welcome. A couple years ago, I was in a missions conference very much like CMC. I don't know how many of you guys were there, but um, I was in another missions conference in Korea, a big conference. We're in a, a pretty big uh, convention center, and uh, I was lining up to get lunch. Um, again, thousands of people. So there was an older British gentleman lined up right in front of me, and uh, so we were holding our plates, waiting for food, and we started chatting. Uh, we were talking about uh, what God was doing in our lives and, and what he was teaching us. And uh, so the conversation was going really well. And uh, we grabbed a plate, we grabbed our food, and we sat down together. 
and uh, another 10 minutes of great conversation. And, um, and then he looked at me, and he said, brother, I really want to thank you uh, for the book that you wrote, Crazy Love. And, uh, you can't make this up. It, 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 it really happened. And uh, um, so I asked him, do you want me to sign your book? And no, no, I did not say that. So uh, anyways, he, he apologized profusely, but, but, but you, could, you can only picture, though, that was a setting where um, he was committed into the conversation. I was committed. We sat down already. It's not like he could just get up or um, it was just really awkward. But, but anyways, um, but uh, he, he apologized and then he, uh, um, we exchanged emails and he's been praying uh, for our family uh, ever since. Uh, Radius International actually was launched by Francis and another missionary friend of mine uh, seven years ago uh, for the purpose, for the sole purpose of training folks for frontier missions. Um, guys, I don't have a lot of time here today. We fly out tonight. Um, but if you are interested in giving, not interested, man, if you want to obey the Great Commission, and uh, man, it's not even about interest. I'm not talking about interest today. I'm talking about obeying the Great Commission by giving the prime years of your lives um, to an unreached people group. If God is great, if, you know, he's so great, great enough for you to be breathing um, if God is great enough for you right here in Texas, he should be great for you um, anywhere in the world. Uh, if you want to give your lives, um, man, I'll have my ministry uh, information with Pastor Jason. Uh, just get in contact with him. Uh, prior to going, don't, don't go with just passion, uh, but go with, go with training, uh, go with equipping, and then, man, give your lives to the Lord. It is worth it. It is worth it. Um, I do want to apologize, man. I do not like to talk about our story, but uh, we need to get our story uh, out of the way um, so that we could talk about God's story. So allow the next 10 minutes uh, to be, I just want to share really quick about uh, what God um, has done through our family uh, in the country of Papua New Guinea. Um, that's our family, our two girls. Uh, our girls were four and five, or maybe three or four, four and five when they went to our uh, tribe. Um, I still remember when we first um, shored, you'll see our actually tribal location is an island. Um, there was no road, I mean nothing that we would call road, so the tribal people had to pick my girls up and put them on, our shoulder, uh, on their shoulders to walk up to the village. Um, but this, this was taken last year um, in, on the island. This is the place that we served. Um, Papua New Guinea is not in Africa, it's in the South Pacific, right north of uh, Australia. Um, we go to Australia if we get really sick. That's where we get Medivac. And um, anyways, it's um, almost happened once, but um, that's our people group. Um, we have about 800 different distinct people groups or language groups in Papua New Guinea. We went to one of them. And uh, our people, um, we only have 3,000 people. Um, I'm saying other than the 3,000 people in the world, uh, nobody speaks their language. Nobody um, nobody shares their culture. Um, we moved in with two other families, as Pastor Jason said, and uh, we were the first outside families, um, white people. Uh, they call me white uh, on the island. If you're not black, you're white. So we were the three whitey families um, that in, in their history actually moved in with them and, and started learning their language. Um, that little island, it's tiny. It's 1.5 um, mile. The diameter is only 1.5 mile big. 
Um, I don't know how big the uh, Texan uh, football stadium is, but man, I don't think it's, it's that much. Um, it, 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 it's much smaller. I mean, it, it's a tiny little island, 80 miles offshore. I just want you guys to imagine, um, you're talking about in the middle of nowhere, big water, and there are four little rocks that's just kind of pricking out from the deep. And um, God somehow put a people group there and called them the BM people. Uh, called call them the BM people. Um, they have their own complete language. Um, we had to learn the language from scratch. There was no school. There was no textbook. Uh, we had to pick up uh, single nouns and then numbers and directions and then verbs, sentences, discourse. And then after three, um, after three years, we were finally fluent. We, our family moved in back in 2009. It took us three years to master their language. And when I say master their language, um, I had to get to the point where I could talk to my people like the way I'm talking to you guys now. Um, for the purpose of one day, uh, we need to clearly present the gospel to them. Um, our guys were animistic. Um, by animistic, I mean, when they say, Wayne, you're white. Uh, when you see a rock, you see a rock. But when we see a rock, we see spirits. When we go to the backside of the island, you see a great scenery, man. We see our ancestors' spirits over there. Uh, when we first went over there, when we first showed on the island, not everybody, but some people on the island thought we were their dead ancestors returning now uh, to the island for the purpose of giving them uh, presents, tinfish, clothes. Um, yeah, and, and, and this is why um, short-term missions, guys, short-term missions is great, but we cannot depend on short-term missions to finish the Great Commission. Some of us need to leave Texas, leave Taiwan, leave California. That's where we used to, to live. And man, incarnational means we are there. We learn their language, we learn their culture, so that one day we could speak into their heart about what Jesus did on the cross for them. Uh, just some picture of our island. You, if, if you see the top, um, this is a volcano. We have a live volcano on our island. Um, in front is, is um, man, it's her ocean and uh, water. Uh, in my backyard is, is, um, is a volcano that actually could go, go off anytime. We have two islands, one on our east, one on our west, all within 20 to 30 miles away. And uh, in the last five years, both of them blew up. And uh, we are the only one that's uh, kind of still not smoking yet. And... Uh, this is, the, uh, this is the boat, um, guys, 82 miles of open water. Uh, man, you're not on a carnival or princess or, or a Royal Caribbean. Um, man, our boat is 23 foot long. And uh, man, there were times, guys, rough times, where I had to tell my wife, if something happened, um, man, you grab the older one, I'll grab the younger one. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty rough, it, it, it was pretty rough going. Um, that's a house right there. You see the Costco and the uh, Walmart right next to it. Um, we had to build our own houses. Um, we collected rainwater. We got truck batteries underneath our house uh, for solar panels. Guys, I'm not an adventurous person. Uh, I've done all the camping I ever wanted to do uh, in my life. Uh, no more. Um, but uh, man, I'm not specially gifted for this. I'm not an outdoorsy person. Um, the only reason, guys, that we spend um, the last nine years on, on that island is that we would one day plant a church uh, that would praise uh, God's name. So I just wanted to show you guys. Uh, well, that's our guys. 
uh, when they're in festivals, they don't dress like this every day, guys. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of work um, getting up every morning, trying to find leaves. Um, so no, um, contrary to what National Geographic tells you, um, man, they don't, they don't dress like this every day. Uh, this is what our guys look like. Um, and, uh, but, 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 but let me just tell you guys something. Um, man, some people have this idea that, that um, a people group in the South Pacific, um, they're just happy. They're just, man, they look so peaceful. They look so, um, man, some people have this idea that, that, that these guys just every day uh, sitting on a white sand beach, holding a coconut, you know, watching the sunset. Um, now why do you missionaries go bother them? Um, our guys, they, they steal uh, from the missionaries. Uh, they, they steal from each other. Um, they could cut each other up over uh, a single mango with a one-meter bush knife. They lie. They beat their wives. They drink. Um, they do drugs. They rape. They murder. Um, that's, that, that's our guys. Um, but guys, do not forget for a second, though, just because we're wearing suits, just because we are a little cleaner, we have electricity, it doesn't mean our hearts are not as dark as their heart. Uh, a life that is not connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ is lost, and that's why we had to go to them, live with them, and bring the gospel to them. This group of believers, they were the first BM people uh, that came to Christ back in 2012. Um, all of them uh, were persecuted. They had to pay a price. There, there was persecution. There is persecution on the island today. Uh, if anything, though, that helped them uh, to keep on following Jesus because it is a, uh, it is a costly faith that they're willing to pay. And um, this, is our, uh, this is our communion. Um, man, we, we, we don't have grape juice or biscuits on the island, so we, we, we would take a coconut, uh, break it, and the, uh, the water... Uh, the coconut water is the wine, and the coconut mead um, is the uh, is the body. Guys, I could I could tell you guys stories after stories after stories about um, the BM people, um, but today we we actually the missionary families um, we left them last year. Um, we left them not because uh, we wanted to. Uh, we left them not because um, not because we got tired of living in the jungle. We left them because they were ready to stand on their own. Um, you guys could see that back in 2016, um, they have their own elders. 2017, they started going out to another island. Um, and uh, the church has become indigenous, maturing, uh, growing. Um, and uh, so we left last year so that the elders could completely take over the church. Uh, we still go back to visit. I visited twice. Um, since we left last year. Actually, right now, they're doing another gospel presentation. The BM believers are doing another gospel presentation themselves to the rest of the village. Um, the church is over 100 people now. Uh, it kept on growing after, uh, after we left. I cannot wait um, to go back to see them again. Uh, but it is their church. Um, our stories have ended. Their story has just begun. And um, guys, when I go to... Um, when I was... Um, uh, um, I grew up in the church. Every time when there was a missionary um, come to speak, um, that was always my favorite Sunday. Uh, because um, Not because I ever wanted to be a missionary. Um, I, you know, um, I was happy every time a church had a missionary speaker because the missionaries would just tell stories. That was, I, you know, that was my break from my pastor's biblical expository preaching. Uh, missionaries just tell stories so I could just relax 
and sit back and listen to stories. And it was warm and fuzzy stories from afar. But man, okay, that was good. God is doing some amazing stuff over there. And then you know, I don't have to think about the Bible. I don't have to. And then, you know, that was kind of why I like missionary uh, speakers. Uh, but guys, uh, today is not about my story. Um, today is about God's story. And like I said in, in, in CMC, you guys like missionary stories? I could tell stories here until the cows come home. Uh, it'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. But guys, get your own stories. Get your own stories. There are many, many, many untold stories out there. Um, God has predestined, planned, um, and uh, your obedience is going to activate that story. I have five people groups right now. I could put 15 families in waiting. Uh, they're waiting for the gospel. They're living in the jungle. They're fishing. They're chopping wood. They're chopping trees today without having the Bible in their, in their language. Guys, get your own stories. Get your own stories. But guys, let's just turn back to the Bible. Turn back to the Bible really quick. And um, let's go into God's Word. What is the ultimate fuel for missions? And, and obviously what I have up on the screen is a Christmas passage. And, and let me just read, um, read it again. It, it's very familiar to you guys. Um, Matthew 2. Verse 1 to 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when he rose and have come to worship him. Guys, um, you guys probably were not expecting to see this passage again until next Christmas. Just as... Those of you guys who attend the CMC, you're probably not expected to talk about missions or think about missions until the next time a missionary speaker comes through. I, I mean, again, I mean, I know Pastor Jason probably preaches about missions every day, but you guys know what I mean. Like, we, we, we somehow put missions or CMC or, or passes like this seasonally. Um, but, but, but let's not let that happen. Um, what I highlighted here, guys... Who went to see Jesus when he was born? Um, Magi, the wise men. Um, they may sound wise. They may sound smart. Uh, they may sound like three PhDs from um, the University of Texas or three, you know, wizards. Right? Like, you know, when, when, when I think of the Magi, I, I, I think of, you know, Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, but let's not forget, guys. They were Gentiles. They were filthy they should not be visiting the king of the Jews. They were ceremonially unclean. But Bible, Matthew made a point to point out that it was a Gentile. Gentiles went to see Jesus and they went to what? Worship him. Jesus was never meant to be worshipped only by the Jews. This detail was put in the book of Matthew telling us, reminding us, that our king is worthy. He is so great. He's so big. He is so worthy that all nations, all languages, all peoples, all tribes need to bow down before him. And that this tone was set right at Jesus' birth. Right at Jesus' birth. Guys, this is so familiar to us, the Great Commission. Let's all read it together. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Guys, does this sound like a suggestion? Not at all. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Guys, I was at a church not too long ago. The closing prayer for the mission conference is, God, help us to be open to missions. Guys, imagine standing there and, and the disciples saying, Jesus, um, Jesus, help me to be open to obeying you. No, guys, we have set the bar so low. Being open to missions is not the goal. Obeying exactly what Jesus commanded is the goal. Some of you guys look a little scared right now. Um, nobody's putting you on the plane to Africa tomorrow, guys. Uh, but we need to get one thing straight. We're not here just to be open to missions. We're here to think hard about how to consecrate our lives in obedience, in response to this. Guys, a lot of times we think the Great Commission is only at the end of Matthew. Um, but, but no, at the end of Mark, another gospel book. Let me read it. This is the last chapter in Mark. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is at the last chapter in the book of Mark. In the last chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus said again, this is what, ha- what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to all these things. Guys, in separate gospel books, the last chapter of Matthew, of Mark, of Luke, Jesus on different occasions repeated the same thing. Go, don't stay here. I have accomplished what I came here to do. I die on the cross. There's an empty tomb over there. Guys, get out of Israel. Take the gospel to all the nations. And then at the end, before Jesus ascended to heaven, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Guys, based on this verse alone, what is, the, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? It is to equip us to fulfill the Great Commission. The role, the primary role of the Holy Spirit is not the sign gifts. It's not to heal, though He does. It is not to help you to pray, though it does. The primary function of the Holy Spirit given to us based on this verse is so that we will receive power so that we'll pray better? No. So that we'll be healed of diseases? No. So we will be His witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Guys, this is not a suggestion. Jesus clearly commands that we that we obey and execute and complete the Great Commission. A lot of times people ask me, Wayne, how did God call you? How did God call you? What is your calling? And a lot of people say, uh, have come up to me after church services or mission conferences. Pastor Wayne, I am open to missions, but I'm waiting for God's calling. I'm waiting for God's calling. Imagine, guys, I, I use this illustration at CMC, but um, imagine a... a um, a sixth grader coming home to you, and uh, you may, I mean, many of you guys are parents here. What if your sixth grade son 
says to you one day, Mom, Dad, I've decided not to do homework today. I'm just, um, I, I, I've decided not to do homework today. And, and you're going to be asking, why, son? Why do you say that? And your son answers, well, I'm open to do homework, but I'm waiting for my calling. If I get a vision from God, then, Mom, I will do homework. If, 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 if I get a calling, then I will do homework. I, I am very open to do homework right now, Mom and Dad. Um, but I'm still waiting. No, guys. No, guys. I am I'm not talking about recklessly buying a ticket and head overseas. I, I, I'm not saying that. Um, there is calling. Uh, there is the Holy Spirit moving in your hearts uh, toward missions. Um, but do not think for a moment that, that unless you receive a dream or you see a vision. I never got a vision or dream of a black person uh, from you know standing on an island asking me to bring the gospel to them Um, but God's calling the Holy Spirit moving in our lives why do some people read Matthew 28 and then move on to Mark 1 because that's in his Bible reading plan but why do other people read Matthew 28 and goes God Unless I respond to this, unless I do something about what you have commanded me to do, I cannot go on to Mark 1. I have to resolve this conflict right here. God, that's not, that person isn't more spiritual. That's God's calling. That's the Holy Spirit working in our lives to fix our eyes on his words, his commandments, so that we cannot, we cannot do anything else but to respond, but to respond. Guys, um, you guys noticed that, that, that we live on the island, um, and uh, in the earlier videos um, of our ministry, sometimes I, I, I made the mistake of putting in, um, our guys, um, they go fishing, I, 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 you know, I, I made a mistake of putting uh, in some fishing pictures with, with, with our guys, and, and almost without, um, without exception, um, when I go to churches, and, and show a video with, with beautiful scenery on an island or, 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 or a fishing picture. After service, somebody would come up to me and say, Pastor Wayne, man, I, am, I was so touched by your video. Uh, man, I would love to go to um, Papua New Guinea to visit you uh, because my husband, he loves fishing too. Um, and especially in, in I'm, I'm sorry, especially in, in, in Chinese churches, um, I get, uh, oftentimes, uh, I get mothers um, um, coming up to me uh, after service and said, man, you guys are so lucky over there. You guys get to eat organic food. Um, I'm a pastor, so I shouldn't really get angry on Sundays. Um, I'm allowed to get angry on Monday to Saturday. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but when people say that um, to me, man, like, I mean, I... I, I I want to shout, and I want to ask that person, you know, if I, if I want to go fishing, can I, can I not go fishing? Can I not charter a boat in California and go fishing? Don't I have the money to do that? If I want to eat organic food, can I not go to Trader Joe's or whatever you guys have it here in uh, Texas? Can I not buy it? Don't I have the money to buy it? That's not why we went over there, guys. Those days were hard, but they were... They were the hardest days of my life, but they were also the most glorious 
and live giving our lives to God. And God, use our lives for the sake of the nation. Use our lives so that another, another tribe, another language will be praising his name. Man, I can't think of a better way to spend your life, to spend your life. Guys, I don't know if you guys ever ranked as a Christian. I don't know if you guys ever ranked something, um, you know, all the things in your life. Um, if I asked you to rank God, family, school, church, spouse, interests, your dreams, your goals, your kids, how would you rank it? Like, what, what, you, what, what would your personal ranking look like? If you asked me 20 years ago, um, 20 years ago when I graduated from seminary, when I was pastoring a church in California, you know, I would say, you know, well, as a Christian, I should put God as number one, and then Gail as number two, and, 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 and church as number three. I don't, I, I mean, if you, have you ever tried to rank things in your life? You know, maybe you will rank God number one, wife you're number two, but your wife would protest. Man, the work is number one for you. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, what would your ranking look like? And, and what should a Christian's ranking look like? What is number one? Is God number one? Is family number two? Is church number three? Is, um, well, let me ask you this. Um, what, if, what if I go home one day and I tell my wife, I tell Gail, Gail, I love you. I love you. you. You are number one in my heart. Gail, I, 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 I just want to express how much I appreciate you, and I want to just tell you again that you are number one in my heart. But Gail, I also got to tell you this. Um, Mary, down the block, um, Mary's number two in my heart. Gail, don't get angry now. Don't get angry. You're number one. You're number one. But, 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 but Mary, she's number two in my heart. And Jennifer down there, like across the street, Jennifer's number three, okay? But, but, but Gail, don't, man, why are you angry, Gail? You're number one. You're number one. Man, if, I, if, if, I, if you went home to, and say something like this to your wife, man, I would see police cars, you know, roaming around Houston tonight. You know, be, man, my wife is about the gentlest person I know, but if I said that to her, man, something bad's going to happen. But, 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 but the reason why she will not accept that is in marriage, Gail does not want to be my number one. Gail wants to be my only one. So if in marriage, if in marriage, I want to be her only one. I don't want to be her first one. So if in marriage, we cannot even accept being the, the, the position number one. How dare we put God on the list and say, God, you're number one, but I got number two, I got number three, I got number four. God, be happy that you're number one, but I have number two, three, four, five, six, if we can't even accept that in our marriages. Guys, what is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments? Did God say, out of all the false idols in, Can in, in Canaan, the Baals, the Asherahs, man, just, I just want to be the number one God. Did God ever say that? No. God said what? Have no other gods before me. This is not what, this is not Wayne's point. God has always been saying, I want to be your only one. I'm not even, guys, I'm not even talking about missions here now. I'm talking about an attitude, how we follow Jesus, where we put Jesus in our lives. 
if Jesus is the only one, if Jesus is the only one, then, then I believe naturally some of us, no matter where you are, even if you stay right here in Texas, um, God will use your lives for the sake of his name amongst the nations. And let me just close with this. Revelation 7, 9 and 10. And, and uh, Matthew 2, that's when Jesus was born. That's the very first, first pages of the New Testament. This is in the, the, the last book of the New Testament. Jesus' birth. The Magi, a gent, Gentiles were worshiping ceremony Oh, unclean people were worshiping Jesus. Now, at the end, in this great worship in the end times, after, I, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. The Bible cannot be more clear. Jesus is worthy to be worshipped by every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Guys, what are, what are your stories? And I told you my story. Are you willing to lift up your lives and say, God, I'm an open canvas. If you're old, and if you're 80, please don't come to New Guinea with me. Uh, please don't sign yourself up to, a, to be a, don't go to Africa. But man, start praying. Start praying for your grandkids. If, you, if you're a parent, if your kids are in high school and college, man, this is an Asian church. I know the crowd that I'm talking to. Release them from the American dream. They don't always all have to be doctors and lawyers and engineers. And if you're, young, if you're a young person, don't buy into the American dream. Don't buy into the American dream. Um, man, buy into God's dream. Um, we had an 18-year-old um, college kid um, accompany us uh, to CMC. I, I, I didn't know her well. She's a member from a church that I spoke at several months ago. She's 18, and she's, she's graduated from UCOA. Let me repeat that again. She's 18 years old. And uh, she, uh, she's graduated from UCOA. She, she got in when she was 14. So she's one of those. She's one of those. Extremely smart. And um, she's wanting to go into full-time missions. Now I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to compose myself here. I don't, I don't know this lady that well. And um, um, she, she, she wanted to going to full-time missions, and she's got nothing but resistance from her family. And um, on the last day of CMC, uh, she, she was talking to an old lady. Maybe you're sitting over here. I don't know. I don't know who that old lady uh, is from. And uh, she shared with this stranger, old lady, say, man, I am thinking about giving my life to missions. And the old lady said, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And you know what she said? He said, I've never heard that from my parents. I've never heard that from my parents. And she broke down and cried right there. Guys, as Asian American, we have this shackle around our necks. Um, why, why are we so special? Why, why are our stories so special? Why aren't other Asian American families cross-culturally in frontier UUPGs? Um, 
this girl, she, she broke down. She said, I have never been told. I, 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 mean, I mean, look at her, 18-year-old, 18, 18 years old, and she's graduated from UCLA. She is exceptional in every way, but yet her parents have been, never told her that, that, that they're proud of her. But a stranger, a stranger at CMC told this young lady, because she was going to missions, man, I am proud of you, and I am committing myself to pray for you every day. And they, I don't know if they'll ever see each other again, but they'll see each other in heaven. And my hope is that they will not only see each other in heaven, man, they will see people from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language worshiping God together. That's how great our God is. Guys, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Father, the story of, of Christmas that began in a, in a dirty manger um, ended with a bloody cross and an empty tomb. Guys, that's the fullness of the story. You have redeemed us from the gates of hell. You have caused your people. You have given us new lives. Father, we thank you. We do not earn it. We, we have not done anything to earn it. You're given the gift of salvation freely to us. Father, we thank you for your grace. But Father, we also know that our lives were not bought cheaply. They were bought with a heavy price. They were bought with the life of your son, Jesus. So, Father, we want to offer our lives back to you as an open canvas. Father, write your own stories in our lives. Father, we don't want to just be open to missions. We want to be equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to respond to missions. Use our lives. Use the lives of HCC here, whether right here in Houston, in Philadelphia, or in places that we never dare dream of going. For the sake of your glory, God, we have no choice but to obey and to follow. Father, you are good. Your promises will not be broken. Father, we long for that day where we will stand in heaven and know that you are proud of us, that you will call us good and faithful servants. And Father, we know that the earth, earthly accolades could not, oh man, they don't mean anything. They pale to the glory of the nations. So Father, um, let us all earn, um, let us all yearn to hear that good and faithful sermon, uh, good and faithful servant sentence from you. Father, we thank you. Thank you again um, for your love. I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.